General Kutuzov's forces of about 35,000 men are being pursued by Napoleon's forces of about 100,000. They're essentially in retreat in an easterly direction, somewhat along the famous Danube River. Today, the Danube serves as a natural border to about 10 countries, and it goes from Germany through Austria and eventually winds up in Ukraine. Napoleon was ordering that the Russian forces be pursued so they could be pinned down and rendered ineffective, as he set the Grand Armée's eyes on Vienna. So along this retreat, there are a few occasions referenced in Chapter 9, but not gone into in great detail, where historically the French vanguard caught up with the Russian rearguard, and this was in late October and early November of 1805. As Kutuzov's men were transversing the countryside, they now found themselves among a population that was pretty unfriendly to it. The populations along the Danube would just as easily, and more enthusiastically, aligned with Napoleon. Allegiances as well as languages varied, but the Central Europeans in Austria generally found themselves having more in common with the new ideas promoted by Napoleon as opposed to those promoted by the Tsar. There's also a natural reservation to such droves of men who must live off the land. Kutuzov also doesn't think much of his Austrian allies as he sees they haven't properly supported his troops in terms of supplying them accordingly and wishing to get them right into the fire when it was obvious they were exhausted from a 700-mile or so march westward. And this was a period where Napoleon had momentum as his army was moving on from the highly significant victory at Ulm. It was almost impossible for those keeping up with the times not to be awed by his decision-making and how it inevitably seemed to lead to success. It was around October 28th that Kutuzov had his army cross the Danube, which placed the river between his soldiers and the approaching French. His goal was to keep the retreat as quick as possible and prevent rearguard attacks. Much of that responsibility was given to Pietro Bagration, who was of Georgian ethnicity. As Kutuzov was retreating, he was marching towards Vienna, taking curves and detours at times with Austrians who escaped capture at Ulm. Kutuzov had a thought that he may play a role in the defense of the Austrian capital. One of the significant skirmishes that was referenced was the Battle of Lombach on October 31st. And it appears that some of the dates that Tolstoy uses to reference various minor battles don't exactly jive with the historical record, but from the point of view of the soldiers that Tolstoy is describing, such misinformation was common. The French were led by Marshal Louis-Nicolas de Vaux, who was well known for his absolute loyalty to Napoleon. His moniker was the Iron Marshal, or Le Marshal de Fer. It was a small engagement in a village near Russian positions that involved a variety of forces, including cavalry, hussars, and a variety of artillery. Kutuzov was not present, but as referenced, Bagration was, and he was charged with holding off the attack along with the Austrian allies. Estimates are that Bagration commanded 3,700, and there were likely more Austrians on the field. 
the French could be said to have won this battle as they did clear the enemy from the field, while taking less than a hundred casualties of men killed or wounded. In contrast, it's estimated that the Russians took about 150 casualties and the Austrians 400. From Kutuzov and Bagration's perspective, the idea was to slow the French advance, and in that they were effective. A few days after, on November 5th, and a bit south and east of Lambach, there was the Battle of Amstetten. This one did have more historical significance. It was the first time that such a sizable number of French and Russian forces fought one another. The Austrians and Russian forces numbered about 7,000 and the French 10,000. Various traditional methods of warfare were used. This includes using the terrain to present the best possible defense, tactical retreats, as well as counterattacks with reinforcements. There was also something of a famous mad cavalry charge led by French General Joachim Morat, which was infamously repelled. And Moulin has an interesting history. Napoleon granted him the title of first horseman of Europe, but he later betrayed Bonaparte and was executed by firing squad ten years after this battle. Despite his failure at Amstetten, he was regarded as Napoleon's best cavalry commander and was characterized by fearlessness, dash, and even physical attractiveness. Take a look at one of his portraits when you have the chance. A number of Ukrainian-linked units were fighting in this engagement, including the Kyiv Grenadiers, the Azov Musketeers, as well as various Hussar units. Estimates say that there were 300 casualties from forces commanded by the Russians, 1,000 Austrian casualties, and 1,000 French. But once again, Bagration effectively piloted the rearguard effort, which permitted a continuous retreat for the main force of Kutuzov. Six days later was the Battle of Durenstein, also called the Battle of Krems and Battle near Melk Abbey. The abbey is a historic landmark that had been occupied by Benedictine monks since the year 1189. In the Battle of Durenstein, the Allies were able to capture the field, as well as some cannons, artillery, battle flags or standards, and a few significant prisoners, which lifted the Allies' spirits immensely. The French had been led by Marshal Edouard Mortier, who was also famous for his extreme loyalty until the end to Napoleon. Here, Mortier overextended the vanguard and got his forces caught in a valley between two Russian columns. The French became somewhat trapped by maneuvers led by Kutuzov as well as Johann Schmidt from the Austrians. There were about 5,000 casualties from both sides and significantly, the Austrians lost Schmidt, who appears to have been killed by friendly fire from the Russians. This was a tremendous loss, as Johann Heinrich von Schmidt was famous for being a great strategist and was even active as a surveyor in map-making, important skills of the time. This development led to quite a bit of resentment from the Austrians. Now, I'm explaining to you more about these engagements than you will find in the book. For the reason, it's important to keep in the back of your mind that during these efforts of the War of the Third Coalition, those involved in fighting and dying were caught up in an 
unprecedented era of militarization. Tolstoy does reference the dead and wounded piling up as he moves the story from that one skirmish involving Nikolai to this series of historic battles where thousands fought and fell, and there was much worse to come. Tolstoy notes that Kutuzov was forced to leave many of his wounded with a cordial note commanding them to the humanity of the French. But local facilities and makeshift hospitals were already overwhelmed. And from this rare victory, rumors started to spread about the approach of more reinforcements, victories by the Austrians, panic of Napoleon, all of which proved to be quite false. <laughs> 